Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well Thank you Ron And this morning we are going to Talk about a thing it's a thing that might make some of you just want to tune out. Or you might even get upset. You might not be too excited to hear about it because the thing that we're going to talk about this morning is money. Ah, I know. The only people I like talking about money are like bankers and financial planners, maybe coin collectors. Uh, most of us don't really care to talk much about money. And so, uh, yet here we are. Because uh, generosity, I think, is important, and money and stuff and all those things are a part of that. And so uh, even as I'm just getting started, I can already kind of hear some people, maybe they're online, maybe it's here in person, just kind of muttering under their breath a question like this. Whoop, wrong way. Why is the church always talking about money? Uh, it's a valid question. Um, one answer is, if you look in the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about money and possessions. It does a lot. Jesus teaches and preaches a lot about it because apparently it's pretty important to God because God understands that those things can be pretty important to us and can kind of get in the way of other things. So another question I can kind of maybe hear then is the next part of that, which is, why does the church always ask for money? And to go along as an answer to that question, I have two parts here. One is this. It's a promise that you never have to give a cent to this church to be a part of this church. That is 100% true. You don't have to give, and I'll tell you even a little bit of a secret. If you gave $0 to this church, if you gave not one cent, no one would really even be the wiser. The people you're sitting next to won't know if you're giving $0 or $100,000. People won't know, except for that you'll know. And so that's where we get to a little bit of a but here. You never have to give one cent to this church to be a part of this church, but you'll never experience the life God wants for you unless you give generosity is a big calling. So often we think that we have a hold of our wealth, that we are holding on to our money, our stuff, our things, when in reality, that wealth has a hold on us. Whether we have a lot or a little, we can spend a lot of time worrying and thinking and fretting about money. And giving can help set us free from that. Here's my main idea. It's that generosity is the tool that God has given to help us realize how blessed we are. Because when we give, we realize how much we've been given. 
So to start thinking about this, uh, I brought some pumpkins here today. Because at our, fa- our house, uh, on Halloween, we have a tradition of carving pumpkins. Anyone else carve pumpkins on Halloween? Uh, it's a fun thing. And uh, each Halloween, since we've moved here to Elk River, almost all of those Halloweens, our little nieces have come over to carve pumpkins with us. Well, now they're 15 and 17, and they're not so little, but they did join us again this Halloween, and they brought a few friends that aren't in this picture, but we carved pumpkins. And so, you know, it's good carving pumpkins, and when we carve pumpkins with our family, I have a very special and important job. I don't always get to carve a face on because I'm very busy with another element of the job. Can you guess what it is? I'm the one who gets to open up the pumpkins, and then reach in and pull out all the stuff, right? All the seeds and slimy, stringy guts of the pumpkin. I scraped out six of these bad boys this year for uh, pumpkin carving, and I was glad to do it. The kids have fun, uh, but it's a messy thing, this scooping out a pumpkin. And what I want to think about with regards to these pumpkins and generosity and giving is that I think giving is kind of like these pumpkins where, you know, all of our money and our wealth, like I said, whether we have a lot or a little, we can get pretty filled up not just with money and stuff, but with the worries and anxieties and fears that go along with that. And what giving does is giving opens us up. Uh, Giving opens us up so that we can shine. This one here has been scooped out. All the worries and the guts and the fears that would maybe come along with all of our money and stuff, it gets scooped out and it gets opened up so that the light shines out. This is what I think giving does for us. It opens us up so that we can let that light and love of God shine out into the community. Generosity is this tool that God uses. When we give, we realize how much we've been given. We're opened up so that we can shine in this world. For the next few weeks, because of the importance of this, we're going to talk a little bit about generosity and giving and in all of its forms. And what we know is that giving and generosity, it's not just about money. It's about a whole lifestyle. And yet a part of it is what we do with our stuff and with our money. And in biblical times, the Bible, you know, talks about money a lot, more than almost anything else. Jesus, if you read all of his teachings, he talked about money and possessions a lot, again, because what the Bible writers and what Jesus knew is that our money and our stuff gets sometimes kind of yucky in our hearts and gets in the way of living a full and uh, joyful life. And giving is a way out of that. And so in the biblical tradition, they uh, practiced generosity. They were very generous people. Uh, The Bible talks about how in biblical times, everyone would tithe. And what a tithe is, is you took 10% of whatever you had each year and gave it. You you gave it away. You gave it to the temple. And so that meant if you were a farmer and raised 100 bushels of grain, you would give 10 away. If you uh, had 10 sheep, you would give one. That was called the tithe, a straight 10% right off the top. It talks about this in Malachi chapter 3. Uh, oops, went, went ahead too far. 
It said, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. This is spoken as the voice of God. Uh, bring the tithe into my house. So in the temple, they had a big storehouse. In the temple in Jerusalem, they had this big storeroom where people would bring their tithes and that tithe would then support the work of the religious life that they shared together. It would be a part of supporting the work of the temple, their religious and worship life. But more than that, it was also a place when people in the community had need and would come to the temple needing food or anything else, they would go to that storehouse for that, that the collected tithes of the people helped meet the needs of the whole community. That was the purpose of the tithe. So it was an important part of their life together. It talks about it, like I said, again in Leviticus here, where it says, All tithes from the land, whether the seed from the ground or the fruit from the tree, are the Lord's. They are holy to the Lord. If persons wish to redeem any of their tithes, they must add one-fifth to them. Hold on. You know what this is saying? This is saying if you redeem it, if you want to bring, instead of your certain number of sheep or your certain bushels of grain, if you want to bring money, there will be a 20% surcharge put on top of it. Uh, You have to give another fifth. Uh, Why is that? I have no idea. It doesn't really make sense to me, but this was their practice. It was a part of their generosity. This was just what they did. They gave generously in all these variety of ways, all tithes of herd and flock, every tenth one that passes under the shepherd's staff shall be holy to the Lord. And so when all was said and done, these ancient folks in biblical times, they would end up giving about 25% of what they had away each year. The tithe was that first 10%, and anything up above and beyond that tithe was considered their offering. They were generous, generous people. There was something in them that they knew that giving wasn't just good for the people they were giving to or for the temple or those they were helping. Giving was good for them. They realized that. And so, in the Bible, it rarely does it harp on people to give more. They... Biblical authors and Jesus and his teachings doesn't say like, you need to give more, you need to give more. They didn't have to do that because generosity was baked into their worldview. That's how they saw the world as generosity is just what they did. The one little exception to that is the one time when the Bible writers and where Jesus himself gets on people about giving, in a sense, and with generosity is when people aren't being generous with other people. When those uh, early followers were not following uh, the, they were maybe following the law, giving their tithe, giving the proper amount to the temple, but they weren't necessarily meeting the needs of the people. They weren't going above and beyond to help people in need. And so that's what leads Jesus to say this to the Pharisees in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. Giving and generosity It is about money. It it is about our wealth and what we have, but it's about way more than that. Generosity is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It's working for justice 
and mercy. The people in the biblical times, they understood that, and when they didn't, that's when the Bible and Jesus would step in and say, no, 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 you're missing the point. We need to care for people. That is a part of generosity that's every bit of as important. Because generosity is this tool. <laughs> generosity is this tool that God has used to help us realize how blessed we are. When we give, we realize how much we've been given. And so when we think of this in the context of All Saints Sunday, this is All Saints Sunday. We're, we're as a part of the service, going to light some candles and remember saints of God who have died. Remember these loved ones who we have known and loved. A part of, I think, what we remember most about these loved ones is their generous spirit. Generosity is a word that could be used to describe, I think, what we remember most and love most about these people who we'll be remembering here today. You know, as a pastor, I had the privilege of sitting with families at the death of loved ones. It's a hard part of the gig, but it's a real blessing and privilege, too, to come alongside of people in such difficult and challenging times. But some of the you know, most profound and even fun kind of life-giving conversations I've had at the death of loved ones are when family members start talking about what they loved about the person. And so often, like I say, these things that they loved the most could fit into this big bucket that we would call generosity. They start talking about, and sometimes it is that, yes, he was so generous. She gave so much to her church. She gave to this organization and that organization. If anyone in the family or a neighbor needed some financial help, a loan or a gift was right there. You know you could count on them. But then sometimes... That generosity takes different forms. Oh, they volunteered so much time at the church. They volunteered so much time with this organization. They would always come and help you with whatever project. Uh, they would just always be there to help with whatever it is. It's all kinds of stories. I could just tell story after story of the saints of God in my own life. Just a few weeks ago, I was telling the stories of my great-uncle Erling, how after we died, we heard all these stories of how he had kind of generously helped people that we had no idea about while he was living because he didn't want to talk about it. Generosity is the aunt who sends a birthday card every year. It's the grandma who it comes to Thanksgiving dinner and there's 10 people coming over but they have cooked for a thousand people there is plenty of food all of that is generosity and it leads to an inheritance that is so much bigger and better and greater than any kind of financial inheritance we could get it's an inheritance of love and joy of wealth of memories that we carry with us as inspiration to continue living. It's the kind of inheritance, that's the way Jesus talks about inheritance in that reading from Ephesians where the Paul is talking about this inheritance from Jesus and says this, in Christ, I'm not feeling very generous about this clicker, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Here's what that reading from Ephesians that we heard Ron read just a few moments ago says, In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who are the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. It's an inheritance much bigger and of more value than 
any kind of money or monetary gift. It's an inheritance of love and generosity and joy. That's what we celebrate with all saints, and that's what we experience when we live generously, when we give generously. Like the pumpkin full of all the yuck and fears and worries, you know, we can be filled up with that. But when we give, it opens us to let the light shine out so that we can fill this whole church, fill this whole community, for this whole world with the light and love of God. Because, again, this is the main idea. Generosity is this tool God has given us, and it's a beautiful, wonderful tool for us to help realize how blessed we are. Because when we give, we can realize how much we've been given. And so let's live generously together. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.